Hey Tom. Hey Matt. You know what time it is? I know what time it is. It's time to make a sweet, sweet podcast, Tom. I think let's get down to some uh, sweet podcast loving. Turn the lights down low. Conditions are right. Ooh. Some smooth jazz playing in the background. It's time for Tom and Matt Attack. Tom Matt Attack. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another week in gaming. Another week in gaming. Good week in gaming, Matthew. Is it been all right week in gaming? Actually, I'm really done much gaming to be Until honest. Until today. Until today, yeah, it was a very well. Actually, yesterday as well. Um, yesterday was a, a pretty game filled day. Oh, it was the buying of the games. And it not was, the but also the, the playing of the games. Really? What did yeah, you play? I, well, I. I Finished Earthbound, oh, didn't I? Finally. Headline. Headline. Matt Boyle finishes Earthbound. Pretty good. Not the first time Earthbound's mentioned on this podcast. No, it seems to be a reoccurring theme. This but no more. May die now. Well, no I, more. Yeah, no more, I don't think. I think we've bombarded people with enough Earthbound. So I think before we say goodbye to Earthbound, maybe you should tell us your thoughts on the game now you've finished it. Um, To be honest with you... I kind of, it's so fresh that I don't really know. I know this for certain. It is a very good game. It is amongst the best RPGs ever made, but it's not my favourite. I'll have to say that. I'll have Mm -hmm. to go out, even with all the praise I've been giving it the last couple of weeks. For me, what appeals is not a conventional JRPG. It's not. Which there are so many of. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you compare it to maybe some of your favourites, what is it about them that, you know, stand out. Um, I guess through playing this, and I've recently played Final Fantasy Four again. I played Final Fantasy Six as well. I I still think Chrono Trigger is my favorite JRPG, and I I say this because not only does it have a very strong visual style, it's a late Super Nintendo game, so it looks beautiful. Whereas Earthbound. I, while I very much like the aesthetic, isn't pushing the system to its limits. Uh, so in is terms this of that's an important factor. No, 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 this is just this is just an observation. This looks very nice, Corona Trigger. Yeah, the plot, the writing of Earthbound is very, very good. Yeah, the writing is very funny. It's very fresh. It doesn't deal with anything you will find in any other RPG. It's very unique in that respect. Yeah. Whereas Corona Trigger has a plot that is, to me. Oh, I think it's the perfect JRPG in terms of plot. It's got so many twists and turns. It's got so many key story elements to it that just make you go, wow, this is an amazing game. Same with Final Fantasy VI. Like Final Fantasy VI is made in a year. And to think what a technical achievement that is and how story-driven it is and mm. how amazing that story is in the end, like how central it is to that experience is baffling. And it's the same with Earthbound. Earthbound has this, it has its own appeal. It has these quirky things about it. And to be honest with you, I think it's my favourite battle system of any JRPG. I will go out on a limb and say that because you have a a roulette wheel, kind of like a counter, sorry, 
like on a bandit. So you, when you get hit, it goes down, but you have a chance that because obviously the clock, the the reels are ticking down. So you have time if you finish the battle before you get killed. Even if you were dealt a mortal blow, you'll still survive, which is a good thing. And I realised right, right at the very end that I could use uh, Pooh, who I've previously mentioned. Yes, that's a character's name. Stop laughing, Tom Parry. Um, can revive Apologies people. Apologies if me putting my hands on my mic made a horrible sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's got very good things. But like as I pointed out to you, I missed two dungeons without even realising it. The game let me progress through the stories and stuff, and you get these eight uh, your sanctuary locations. They're called. Hmm. And in doing that, you get uh, songs you play. I like songs. And these songs then allow you to enter Nez's true mind kind of thing towards the end. They do something that lets you get the power to beat the end boss, essentially. And it's a cool thing, but like I missed two of them because the story for me, doesn't take place in these Your Sanctuary locations. At the start, they're kind of central, and obviously towards the end, they become key to how you beat the end boss and whatnot. But for me, like, I missed these two things because I was so caught up in the world and I was so much enjoying the exploring these towns and seeing what was going on in them. Much like Pokemon game, you know? Much like when you're going into, like, a Team Rocket base and stuff, there's very gripping stories going on. And then sometimes you may accidentally miss a HM or whatever, and then you have to go yeah, back and get I, it. I feel it's that sometimes feel it. it's like hard work, isn't it? When you've got in the back of your mind, you must explore every crevice of an area. It takes away maybe a little from your enjoyment because you're on your... Sometimes one of those sort of games, you'll get on a roll and you'll just be enjoying it, you'll be playing it. And then maybe in the back here you're thinking, hang on, really, I should be spending my time to look around, I guess. Yeah, But yeah. I'm just going, f- I know what I need to do, I'm going full pelt, I'm enjoying it. I was it. just I enjoying wanna... it so much that I was on like a, yeah. a roller coaster, yeah, you know? Yeah, like I didn't the wanna... momentum, you yeah, get yeah. going, you don't really want to mess with that. Yeah, but, you know, I, I went on and then I had to come back to these two your sanctuary locations when I was very much overpowered for them. So I, in all fairness, it only took me like five minutes to rectify, and then I but, went but into another I world. I guess that was quite tedious. But yeah, it wasn't so much tedious. It was just kind of like, oh crap, that's kind of bad game design that I was able to miss these things mm. and not realize it. I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, after listening to the Conker's Bad Fur Day commentary, which I recommend. If if you search on YouTube for that, it's a it's very good and very interesting in terms of uh, an insight into game design. Sorry to change, deviate slightly, but you mentioned game design, and I think those decisions that developers make and designers make during the process, yeah. they're so key to your enjoyment of the game. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. It, it's the directing; it's like a film. You know, the choice a director makes in a film is, you know, it's comparable to. Oh yeah, even definitely. more so. I mean, because they can spoil your enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it kind of made me realise then that maybe, even though it's got such a strong plot and stuff, that you can miss these two things, which are, like I said, they're key to you getting towards the end boss and stuff. And obviously, by then you gain a teleport power that I was very angry at because I didn't realise how it worked. But it's essentially, you need to be in a clear area because you your characters walk about and expand in circles. And then if they hit anything while they're no, doing so that, they fail, which work. is why I was getting annoyed at it. But, so you can teleport back and forth these places quite easily, so it's not like you have to backtrack halfway across yeah. the world map, or you have to get in your, 
your airship and fly and try and remember where this thing was because you can just walk directly there, which is cool because it did save an awful lot of time when I had to do these backtracking things. But it reminds me more of games than like uh, the original Breath of Fire, which is a good game. It's a solid game gameplay-wise and it has got a story to it, but it's very... It's the thing you hate about JRPGs in the fact that it doesn't really tell you where to go. It's mm. just kind of like, oh, great, there's a king in a castle. You should go see him. And then you go see the king, and he's like, oh, yes, I'm very upset about those monsters. They're in a cave. And then you've got to find the cave. You know, it's that. <laughs> Do you know that sounds like Final Fantasy V? Yeah, it's not tethered. <laughs> and that's why I love Chrono Trigger, because Chrono Trigger is just, the, the narrative flow to that game is incredible. And same with Final Fantasy IV. Mm. They both very interwoven plots and stuff, mm. and there's loads of side things you can do, but you don't need to if you don't want to kind of thing, and you can get more richness mm. in the story and things if you do, but at the same time, it it's not crucial to the experience. Yeah. But I do love it. I Honestly, I think it's so quirky, it's so unique, and it's got so many nice things about it that are ignored by every JRPG that came after it. It should have set precedent. Mm. But there's so many things that get missed. Like I said, the rolling battle system is absolutely amazing. It's my favourite battle system of any game. The fact that if I'm over-leveled and the game knows I'm over-leveled, they don't sim- the creatures don't simply run away like they do in Dragon Quest. Think, if they hit me, yeah. the game will get the probability that I'm going to win it in first round and not make me fight the battle, which is amazing. I think the developers of earthbound were very brave in the decisions they made to break the mold oh definitely and i don't think maybe some other developers were so brave to want to do that but i don't even think it's that i think you know because, you because earthbound was successful wasn't it, it even though it was radically no it wasn't no. it was a flop and that's why and that is maybe why other developers you know tra- not straight kept away it from traditional the but you, you know. should you should be able to look at it and you should even like there are, I don't believe that mistakes are necessarily a bad thing. And I know obviously there were mistakes in the marketing and stuff, but I think you can learn from your mistakes. I think people should have looked at what Earthbound had to offer and said, okay, then we can take this aspect from it. We can take that aspect from it and then interwave them into games. Because I mean, let's be honest, like pretty much most games rip off Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy in their battle system if they're turn-based of mm. just like, you know, fight magic, items, summon, etc. But this game really does offer some stuff <coughs> new. And I mean, it does have magic and it does have attacks and you can use items and stuff. But it's just little intuitive things, just little clever things that they think of and say, hey, you can do this. But it's good. Honestly, if you have a Wii U, you really, really owe it to yourself to play it. Even if you don't like Japanese role-playing games. Like myself. By the end of it, I had a level 99 NES and there was no... I didn't spend tedious amounts of time grinding. I spent like an hour of my time trying to look for that sword. And in that hour, I gained enough levels that the end boss was mm. very easy. Very weird end boss. I can't... This is what I'm saying about it being raw. I can't figure out if I like the end boss or if I don't like the end boss because it's a bit strange. It's a bit unconventional in what happens, but I don't want to spoil it because it's one of those things you need to see for yourself and then you need to think about I'll tell you off mic because I know you won't play it. But I... I'm tempted to. I think you should. Honestly, you know, I really do. I don't feel at this moment in time it's something I can really sink my teeth into. I did it in 26 hours. It's not really that I, long. I I looked um uh, howlongtobeat.com, which is a website I tend to use before I look at JRPGs. Because mm-hmm. some I own, I really want to play. 
such as Infinite Space and Radiant Historia, and then I see it's going to take me 40 hours, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'll yeah. give that a miss for now and play some, and it'll be quicker. I but mean, that said, 30-odd mm. hours. So I've shaved a bit of time, so I've done it pretty fast, but at the same time, I, I really do think you should play it. I mean, I'm trying to think how long it would take to complete Pokemon, which I've done on, you know, many occasions. Yeah. Probably about the same, I reckon. Yeah, because I know I've sunk hundreds of hours into the yeah, Pokemon so Blue and, and Silver. In and all fairness, it is Hal Labs. It's got a lot of people who work for Game Freak used to work at Hal Labs and worked mm. on the Earthbound series. So there's a lot of crossover. Like, yeah. You can see the proto-elements of Pokemon in the game. Not that they're connected or not that they're the same thing, but there's a lot of... You can see that there was a lot of learnings between Earthbound, or i.e. Mother 2, and the Pokemon series. There's a lot they've learned and they've taken over and then put in that game. So I think it'd be good for you from that perspective. Also, just because it's fun and it's got light-hearted humour. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's great. Yes, I think all these things appeal to me very much. I need exactly. to try Earthbound at some point. And maybe I will. I have incentive now. I do I mean, own a Wii U game. Exactly, you do own a Wii U game. Do you want to talk about okay, that? Okay, let's talk about that. We'll talk about the games we bought this week, which, uh, yeah, was plentiful. It was Yesterday's plentiful. Yesterday's trip to Colling Mall. Yes, Colling Store Centre. Yes. was good. It was a good trip. Uh, by the way, for those who aren't familiar with the podcast, we live in Denmark. We do. We're two guys who work for a big company over here. Uh, um, uh, it deals in um, building constructions. Yeah. Yeah. And the largest time manufacturer, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we worked for Lego. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so Colling. Yeah, we live in a town called Viola. We went to Colling with, with a couple of friends for, for a bit of a trip out. Bit of a, a boy shopping trip. Yeah. I have to say. With the lads, we went to Toys R Us. <laughs> and in Toys R Us, we found some amazing game deals. We did. We found some insane okay, game I deals. Think, I think we'll go straight out and say the Danish deal of the week, which Matthew... I, actually... Oh, which, uh, I was going to do my Danish deal of the week, but i got to do my Link to a Past to go into it. My one, anyways. Because you're... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Okay. We're in Toys R Us. Remember that for later. Um, I say I have incentive to buy a Wii U now. That's because we were in a, a store called Bilka, which is like a big shopping We've store. We've covered either. this before, I'm sure. Oh, like We Bilka. did this, remember? We've when explained we... Bilka. Yeah, big, big shop. Kind of like a Walmart, kind of like a Tesco's ex- yeah. extra... For yeah. the British and the American Okay, listeners. so as well as food and Buy things in bulk is discount. Yeah. Like that. They also sell electronics and games. And Matt spotted a game, which uh, it was Pikmin 3. But it was only 99.99 kroner. Now, for those unfamiliar with Danish kroner, um, for British listeners, that's about just over 10 British pounds. Yeah. Yes, a- Pikmin 3 was priced just over 10 pounds. Yeah, a week after it's come out in a Danish retailer that is generally quite expensive of video games. The only reason I looked there, to be honest with you, is because I'd seen that there was an offer on Lego City in the cover and it was marked down to 249 Danish kroner, so roughly about 26 quid. And I thought, okay, well, maybe they've got some other gems in there. I saw they had Nintendo Land for the same price as well, and I looked at the shelf and I was like, oh, okay. And as I looked down, I saw Pikmin was 99 kroner. I, I run and grab Tom because I already had purchased it the week before when it came out. I said, 99 kroner for Pikmin 3, to which Tom came over, looked at it and went, that can't be right. Yeah. And I deliberated for a while, actually, until I thought, well, you know, I, 
I've been thinking about getting a Wii U. I might, I might as well just buy it. This is amazing. I could buy three copies for the price it would cost me to buy one normally. So I thought, well, let's go ahead. Let's, let's get it. So we took it to the cash desk and, and there, <laughs> up on the, uh, the what do you call it? The, the, the checkout. The checkout. Yeah. yeah, it it said my total. Was, I bought a bottle of water and four hundred and something. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Okay, mention. And I call. I said it because you were ready to just stick your card in. Yeah, I didn't realize. Obviously, not speaking. Well, I, was, I say obviously. I don't speak the language, uh, sadly. But uh, yeah, I noticed so on the readout that it said four hundred after Matt had pointed out. Uh, quiz the Mister um, Guy at the checkout who just went straight ahead and started writing out this note and stuff and ringing a guy, and then he just discounted it. And that me being the cheeky chappy I am, saw this, thought, I'm probably going to get more than 100 kroner trading value for this, and literally sprinted while the guy was picking up the phone to ring his colleague to check the price, and grabbed a copy of Pikmin 3. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got back to the checkout, he said something to me in Danish, and I can't guess what it was. But he didn't seem happy that I was essentially taking advantage of the fact they'd priced it wrong. And he probably thought, oh, he's English. I can't explain this. Yeah, yeah. Let's maybe just do it. I don't know. I don't um, know. Yeah, I think if I was that guy, it would have been a bit... I was going to pick it. I was going to pick it up. I well. pointed it out to Tom, and then I just... I didn't. I thought, oh, well, I, I've already got it. It's probably... I wanted to see if it was a mistake first or if it wasn't just on offer that mm. week. Because then I was going to go to GameStop, check how much it was, and then come back and buy it. Yeah. But seeing that the guy had to fill in all these forms and he was mispriced wrong on the shelf, I was like, oh, okay, that isn't going to be there, so I haven't got time. I'll I did feel risk. kind of bad for him, you know, filling these forms. He was he was very gracious with me at the till. He um, wasn't with me. But maybe not so with you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, a bit of a bargain. I'd say my... Danish deal of the week. Your Danish deal of the week. However, mine was purchased in the previously mentioned <laughs> Toys R Us. Right, I'm going to do a quick link to the past. Uh, for those of you who've been listening the last few weeks, um, we've kind of done a thing. We nicked it off a British radio show that was on the air about two or three years ago before it got taken off Chris Wilde's show. Um, it's very link. famous in the UK. It's very famous in the UK called a Tedious Link, which you link things together and then they eventually used to cultivate in a song. Uh, but this is just uh, me going from the very witty from Tom, a link to the past using Link that game. You say very witty. It's yeah, not. well, it, it was it was quite clever at the time. Uh, Maybe in the segment. Yeah, this is the last time I explain it for regular listeners. But yeah, pretty much I get from point A, which is the link to the past, something I purchased that week, and it just also happens to be my Danish deal of the week this week. It's very rushed because, as I said, I didn't buy anything until yesterday, and I'll get into that later. But yeah, a link to the past. A Link to the Past is an action-adventure with JRPG-esque elements of the no. Super Nintendo. Really? On the Super Nintendo, there were many great action RPGs like Secret of Mana and the Gaia Trilogy. What's that? These action RPGs differ from the traditional Japanese role-playing game because they don't rely on a turn-based system like your Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests. What? Dragon Quest on the NES was created by Yuji Hojo, who, after seeing Western Apple PC games such as Wizardry... 
Portopia, and Ultima decided to make a role-playing game that the masses could enjoy. While the JRPG went their way, Western RPGs went their own way too, producing some great games like System Shock, Fallout, and Bethesda's Elder Scrolls series, the latest of which is called Skyrim, and it's my Danish deal of the week at 40 kroner. 40 kroner? 40 kroner for Skyrim. You've got to be shitting me, Boyle. No, no word of a lie, Parry. 40 kroner. And I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I made a very snarky comment on Twitter earlier saying that I was going to play my Danish deal of the week and you lot better be happy because I have gone on the record as stating as just I don't like Bethesda games as a rule. I'm this is Fallout and... Fallout uh, and Oblivion. Oblivion. I got super excited for Oblivion because it sounded like it was right up my street. It was all like a fantasy kind of thing with role-playing elements. I was like, oh, great, cool. And then I played it, and then I really didn't like it. It just felt it felt like it should have been played on a PC. It didn't feel like a console game at all. It felt like I should have a mouse, and there was a little tiny cursor, and I felt like I should be clicking, and I just didn't enjoy it. Because it wasn't, I, in my opinion, wasn't made for the Xbox 360. It was made for a PC. And it just kind of, I was very aware of that the whole time. Same with Fallout. It felt a bit weird. Didn't like the interface. Didn't like that my, my pointer was a little dot and stuff. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a bit ass it wasn't my cup of tea i know a lot of people enjoy it uh but i played skyrim earlier and they've taken away all the aspects i didn't like about it it feels like an action role-playing game now and i kind of enjoyed it i'm not gonna Mm. lie like i played it for about an hour and a half and i thought it was quite cool and you were certainly getting on with it i mean you only played it for what is quite a brief amount of time for a game like that and what i saw of it it was you quite into it and you're fighting yeah. guys and it wasn't you know usually and... they is all this hyperball of just like oh you're a mage great well these are the only things you can do tara and then like anytime you try and charm someone or whatever you mm. just get slapped in the face with the sword and you die because you're squishy but this is just you pick your race and you make your character which is less intuitive as I remember the Elder Scroll version being because the Elder Scroll thing you could like puff your cheeks in and pull them out and do all this crazy stuff whereas this has got a more a lot more preset to it than the previous game I played but I didn't care because it it for what they've lost in the character customization the fact that your character is now a blank slate and you can decide what you're going to do you can pick up a bow and you can become really good with a bow or you can pick up a sword and become good with that and then go oh i don't actually like the sword oh it's a mace great pick up a piece of cheese yeah pick up a piece of cheese steal a piece of cheese pick some locks and yeah it just took away all the the stuff i didn't like about the old one hour and a half in i'm actually going to play it again i threw it in the box uh, that we throw all our crap games in such as the phoenix (laughs) games for the PS2, just because I was like, well, I'm not going to pass it up for 40 kroner. I've been meaning but to ask you, why did you put Beautiful Joe in there? Which one? The DS one. The DS one, not because yeah. I haven't played it, and I haven't got room on my DS shelf. Oh, but still, yeah, it's relegated well, to the bin. Yeah, but you told me it wasn't very good. I told you I had trouble playing it with because you had to hold it and then use the stylus. and Which relates to it not being very good. With Well... Because it's unplayable, it's so I put it in the box. Playable. Give it a go. I'll give it a try. But yeah, it's in the box because it's have room <laughs> on the shelf. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. It's pretty good. Um, also, for 40 kroner from Toys R Us, I got uh, Katamari Forever, which is the PS3 game of Katamari, which Crazy, I very you know, much enjoy. In the UK, you'd certainly pay more than four or five pounds for that. £17 on Amazon yeah. for a new copy. Uh, so. Punishing game. 
as of most of the Katamari oh, yeah, series. Yeah, but that's but, what makes them fun because they're challenging. Beautiful and charming. No, and beautiful is on the surreal. 360. Ha, ha. Katamari humour. Gosh, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, and I Toys also... R Us, crazy. Toys R Us, Toys R Us. There's you, millions of Jeffrey all under one roof. Yeah, I got a uh, copy of uh, Splinter Cell for the 3DS. Um, I, I have no idea if it's a good game, but for three quid, I was just like, ah, why not? 30 kroner, maybe. 30 kroner for Splinter Cell. And I know it's like... It's like seven pound, I think, on Amazon. Still three pound for a brand new game. I wasn't going to turn it down. No, and um, our friend, uh, good friend Adam, he picked up uh, L.A. Noir for fifty kroner. He did uh, the, the com- complete bit, edition. Yeah, with all the DLC and stuff. So, which Amazing. is more than I mean, fifty kroner, I think, for one pack. <laughs> So. I think so. And going back just briefly to uh, Skyrim, that lovely map inside the box has got to be oh worth 40 kroner God, in itself, yeah. hasn't it? I picked that out. Did you have a look? Did yeah. you? And yeah. it's just I thought that. the box is quite heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a really nice map to it. Uh, people have probably played it. It's the game that's a year uh, old and sold it, many, many copies. In an age where I didn't even get an instruction manual with Deadpool, yeah. you get this blinking map, thick yeah. paper. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, also, I bought, for those of you who are curious, of what happened to Matt's extra copy of Pikmin 3? Because, I mean, we are doing our part. We are going off the, the tangent of Tom's. You can't save a console all by yourself. We bought three copies of Pikmin 3. Oh, what yeah. did you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I traded it in at GameStop, is what I did. did. A brand new copy. So if you're listening to this and you live uh, near Calling, go to Calling and you can pick up a copy of Pikmin 3 that's absolutely never been used. I literally took the factory seal off it and then traded it in. Um, Because you wondered if people would ask questions. Yeah. We were a bit nervous going back into the uh, filter shop later. Yeah, I thought they were going to kick my ass out, but never mind. Um, Yeah, I traded it in, got 230 kroner. So essentially got 130 kroner for free. And which you directly... uh, Yeah, which I directly traded in. I put it on a card first and I wasn't going to get anything. And then I happened to look because I saw in their 3DS and DS section they had a few JRPGs, many which I had. They had Dungeon Maker as well, which I didn't pick up because I'm not very fussed on it. Uh, but they had uh, Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light, which is a more traditional Final Fantasy game, harkening back to the originals, um, up to six, where it's very plot-driven, it's very hard, it's very challenging. I was like, oh, well, I've heard good things, I'll pick it up. Uh, that was 99 kroner, which is a bit, I think that's on price of a new copy, but it was there, and it was in good nick, so I picked it up. Um but only because I looked in the PS3 section, hoping I would see Folklore or Valkyrie Profile, and while I was looking through the X, Y, and Z, because they were all on one tab, I saw um, sort of the Enders HD collection, games I absolutely love from the PS2, and since they fixed it with that last patch, I thought, cool, now's the time to pick this up. For so 130 130 kroner, the exact amount of money I got free. So theoretically speaking, I did not pay for Zone of the Enders HD, which makes me very happy as I have both games on the PS2. That's a nice, that's a success story there, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. What did you buy, Tom? You bought a few things. Yeah, well, of course, I bought Pikmin 3. Uh, Well in Toys R Us, I also picked up two other games. Uh, These were Dragon Ball Z Budokai HD Collection. Which looked very good. Yeah, uh, I got it back in and started playing it straight away. At first I thought... Yeah, this looks like a PS2 game. 
The more I played it, though, the more I could appreciate that it was a, a lot sharper than the PS2 original. Um, and the, the first game's great because it's quite gets you in there straight away, going through the uh, Dragon Ball Z cycles from the very beginning. Uh, well, the combat system is rather simple. It suits rather well. And yeah, it was quite fun. I, I went through the Saiyan Saga and the Frieza Saga quite happily. I was playing it for quite a while. Yeah. Um, still enjoy that game, even all these years down the line. I'm surprised how well it's actually held up. I think it looked really cool. Uh, to be honest with you, I kind of confused it in my head when I looked at the box and I thought it was um, uh, Final Bout. Oh, second. no. And I know, I know it's a terrible game. <laughs> but yeah, for some reason, I... Yes, yeah. Thank God it wasn't that one. Yeah. Uh, but it also comes with Budokai 3. Curious that it uh, chooses not to include the second installment in the series. Uh, maybe they felt it was too similar to uh, 3. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. But yeah. 3 is in there as well. And 3 probably is the pinnacle of the uh, traditional Budokai games. Of course, it went on to do the uh, Tenkaichi ones, which were a little bit more, uh, i say, the camera situated behind your character. So a little bit more use to the landscape and environment. It wasn't so straightforward, one-on-one -on -one fighting. Um, but yeah, Budokai 3 is on there. Great game. Uh, pretty happy with that. That was 150 krona. Now, I've been looking at this game for a while, thinking about picking it up. Um and 150 is a little like 16, 17 pounds, isn't it? It's like that. And that's just a little bit less than what it goes for on Amazon. It's about 20 pounds. So, yeah, and it was uh, there. I, and there, I thought, well, let, let's just go for it and get it. One thing I was slightly disappointed in, it doesn't have online play. And I was hoping maybe... Uh, we could play it with Gareth. We'll play it with Gareth and convince him to buy a copy. But uh, no, unfortunately not. But I'm quite happy. It's a shame. Nonetheless. But still look good. Okay, and, and the cheapest game that was purchased this week by any of us uh, was U-Star 2 in the movies uh, for 10 krona. It's about a quid. Tom is a toy fetish. Okay, so uh, this game, I've played the game on the uh, 360 using the Kinect, and, well, I wasn't really very impressed by its abilities to place yourself in the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really progressed since the uh, original uh, Xbox camera game which was put what was that thing which one you can make your own films you could put is you you're in the movies is it you're in the movies i think so yeah i think that's the one yeah, yeah. you're in the movies yeah yeah uh it hadn't really progressed even though it was using the connect now not the xbox camera i couldn't see a, a, a difference, notable difference. Yeah. so i guess um that bodes well for a game that uses a playstation i yeah <laughs> to do this um gotta make sure the lighting's good gotta make sure the background's good we haven't played it yet i'm saving this for my birthday's coming up soon around, so yeah. maybe then um but yeah for for 10 krona let's give it a go exactly i mean that's why I bought it's gotta be a laugh it's gotta be worth a quid i mean that's that's the price of going an arcade machine yeah so to fail at winning a cuddly toy from a korean game yeah come on yeah, exactly. It was like a no-brainer. Yeah. To be honest with you, I kind of... I, I wasn't going to say to you I was going to leave it to the podcast and then I ended up buying games and kind of going against what I said. But I cancelled my wonderful 101 pre-order and my Splinter Cell <coughs> pre-order and my Rayman pre-order. I'm going to get them. But I realise I have so many games backlogged now mm. that I just kind of want to play them. Like, it got to the stage where I was adding stuff to the shelf and, like, I was just like, I haven't even played you. Like... 
I bought all the bloody Arland JRPGs. I haven't touched them. I've yeah, got a like, lot of your games still in the uh, cellophane package. Yeah. So is Blinking Lollipop Chainsaw. It is. I need to play it. And yeah. so I kind of put a... I was going to put a ban on myself playing things, and then I, I saw these other games, and I, I couldn't pass up... Well, like Zone of the Enders, I can put a blue sticker on it because uh, I've completed it anyway. For those, <laughs> this is yeah, I have a weird thing of me stickering games that I've completed with a little round sticker, just so I can kind of justify to myself purchasing any more things. But like, there's just so many games on the shelf yeah, now I, that I've bought that I haven't played that I kind of want to play, and I kind of feel a bit crappy because I looked up the. The Amazon place like ranking of Wonderful One Hundred One, and it's like two hundredth in their video game section. It came out Friday, yeah. So it's just gonna, it's just tanked, or at least in Europe, anyways. I hope Amazon. it's done better in the states. <laughs> but you know, like Pikmin was in the top five, so Pikmin did very well. I don't know if the demo for Wonderful One Hundred One sold people on game, but it looked like a fantastic game, and I am gonna pick it up soon. Yeah, not from GameStop though. Not from GameStop. Um, if I were to trade it in Pikmin 3, because that was my original plan to trade in Pikmin 3 and get Wonderful 101, um, Wonderful 101 would have been more expensive than I if I'd just purchased it from Amazon. It was like 549 kroner, so I didn't pick it up. Yeah, Not a Danish deal of the not week. Not a Danish one. deal of the week at all. Uh, um, but I know it's on Amazon as well. A lot of the Wii U games have come down in price. Yeah, like, I'm not um, surprised. I know a lot of the uh, the ports are down, aren't no, they? No, but even like Nintendo titles, which yeah. I've never ever seen. Like Game of Wario is twenty five pound. Um, that came out at a lower price, didn't it? No, no. Oh, Game of Wario is twenty five pound. Pikmin's now twenty nine. Um, Super Luigi's twenty five pound, but that's a budget title anyway. I think I only paid that for it. Um, New Super Mario Bros. is like uh, nearly thirty quid. Mm. So well, like, they've come down a little. Obviously, understandably, I guess. I'm still holding off buying one because I'm. There was that time when they were two hundred pounds on Amazon. I was like, I think those days are gone, Tom. I don't think that's. Oh, please come again. back. They've been two hundred once. You should have bought it. Should have bought it from Toys R Us the other day. That was quite good. Yeah, uh, for some reason in Toys R Us, uh, the Wii U eight, uh, the thirty-two gigabyte is actually cheaper than the eight gigabyte. Yeah, yeah for two hundred kroner for some reason. Tell you a game I am it. interested in: Disney Infinity. Yeah, um, I've brought a leaflet home because uh, Tom's flicking through it on the table. I just like the art style of the characters, yeah, personally. Yeah, the figures are what's selling it for me, actually, I've got to say. Uh, I really like the interpretation of the Cars characters. Very nice. They're kind of like condensed versions, aren't they? A little bit squashed, a little bit more cuter. Um, but the rest of the, the uh, figures are also very nice. Uh, yeah, very high quality as well. I may have to make another purchase. I just opened Amazon to check something. And um, Arkham City is uh, £12. Not for the Wii? For the Wii U. You're not going to bother. Come on, I uh, wouldn't. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've read so much. Like, If you own any other version, there's no point. I don't, though. I traded in my 360 version for Assassin's Creed. Uh, so see. Uh, but I'm not going to play it. There's no point. You are right. Yeah, but it's £12. Save yourself Amazon. £12. Yeah. Do oh, it. Do I it will. now. I have. Anyway, let's go back to what we've played. And talking about Pikmin earlier, you actually played I did. it. This I did. I give Pikmin a try, and so, lo and behold, it's a Pikmin game, um, which I love. <laughs> oh, I oh honestly my. like. I've waited. What a surprise! I've waited a whole console generation for another Pikmin game because uh, they were trying to make it work for the DS, and that was a silly idea. And obviously, I think it requires a bit more hands-on than the Wii. 
Could do with a Wiimote. Although you can use a Wiimote to play Pikmin 3, I noticed. You can, I think, because I mean, yeah, they, op- the they optimise the first two for the Wii, right? So yeah, I'm I've, I have both. But, yeah, very good game. I'm kind of glad I played it to the point I did, because I really like doing the Pikmin aspect, you know, of like sending Pikmin around the world, and you're finding fruit this time instead of vegetables like you were with Olimar, because Olimar isn't the main character, even though he's been mentioned. Sorry, there's... Seems to be a jet taking <laughs> off outside. That's what that big fan noise is. Well, Either that or someone's got a is. very, very big hairdryer. Oh, it's there gone it goes. now. I think it was a motorbike. Wow. I think it was a Pikmin spaceship. Yeah, maybe. They're really Beaming nicely us down. Designed. It's all Amari's like, what are you oh. playing at? Um, but so I played it, and yeah, like I said, it's a Pikmin game. If you like Pikmin, you'll like it. But I got to the boss fight, and there's this gigantic boss, like on the third day of your exploration. Oh, it just felt really clunky. It was like a big open arena kind of thing. And you had this boss. And you've got two different types of Pikmin. You've got rock Pikmin and you've got uh, fire Pikmin. You can throw the rock Pikmin at the this guy because he's got armor and he'll shatter his armor. But like calling the Pikmin was such an effort. I wish there was just a button where I, I could either choose to just like call everything mm. to me or select things because in a big arena and I'm trying to run around and both my control of my whistle and my control of my character are on the left stick. I have to say... trying to run around to dodging things and calling Pikmin isn't the best in it. Pikmin is a rather irritating game to listen to. I bet. (laughs) I I reckon it's probably a really boring game to watch as well, right? It was all right to watch, actually. But that whistle... (laughs) Yeah, you have to use it so often. I'm more annoyed with it. Sounds a bit my makes. But uh, it was a beautiful game to look at, actually. Oh, and I was enjoying watching you play it, I have to say. And and I love this idea of um, reintroducing the Pikmin gameplay mechanics through these new characters, which this world is totally new to them, and the idea of Pikmin is fresh. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's three new characters, essentially. Like I said, Olimar isn't in the game. So um, you have Alf. As I realised afterwards, it's because it's Alpha... And then it would be Bravo, but it's a girl, so she's named Brittany. And then Charlie's your captain, so it's like ABC ah, character names. Yes. Um, and also a girl. Yeah, I thought that was something they have to do, have a girl uh, character. Though she is like that. She is essentially just like a greedy woman. Kind she's a of, greedy woman? Yeah, she's very greedy. She doesn't want to give you any of the fruit juice and kind of moans about it. So they kind of make the same sexism. jokes. Sexism? No, not sexism. <laughs> they just kind of make the same jokes that they do about that. Asian kid in uh, Morkamindi, just kind of like fat, easy fat jokes about this woman. Really? Yeah, oh. it's kind of a bit lame, but like she well, does. I, I guess that's why Edge rated it eight out of ten. Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get, don't get on your sorry. High horse about Edge I was going to mention this now. Can I interrupt this? I was reading through Edge's review of Deadpool the other day. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, they weren't that impressive. It was quite average. Uh, the Which it is. The, in all uh, it's enjoyable. Don't get me right. It's very enjoyable. Um, they got up with it, started going on about sexism again, harping on about Deadpool's character being sexist, and <sighs> I stopped reading. You know, they went on about this for paragraph after paragraph, and come on, I I don't think it's it's really that fair. It's not. A criticism of, of of the game it's a criticism of the character you know yeah. and again it's it's like 
that's what you expect from that character. It's like, that's what you expect maybe from a Suda 51 game as well. Not sexism, but that kind of male bravado kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's it's no big surprise to anyone that there is a degree of ladism to comics. Yeah, ladism. Uh, that's maybe a good term to coin there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I don't think Ed should have to feel to get on their politically correct horse every time they review a video game. Cause yeah. I, I think this is stupid. I don't read Edge magazine personally, um, but yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm not for sexism in any way. I'm all for equality, but... It's to, it's not to, sex. It's just kind of... It's comic book. Well, it's not, even, it's not even that. It's just kind of, you know, kicking kicking Deadpool for the sake of just, you know, you may as well just say, hey, this game starring this comic book character is awfully violent because that's what the subject medium is. And I mean, they chose to make a game about that and that is true to the character. So what can you do? Admittedly, maybe then they shouldn't have made a Deadpool game if people are that finicky about it. But I don't think read, normal people just are. Just read the Deadpool comic. It's the same there. <laughs> anyway, sorry. For I'll better draw, or worse. I'll draw a line. I had to mention it because it's the thing in gaming that pissed me off most this week. Okay. Having read that. And it's like, same story as Killer is Dead. Yeah. Well, that that was actually... Uh, wasn't that... No, that was, that was Edge as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry, Pikmin. Yeah, Pikmin. A totally non-sexist game. No, it isn't. Oh, it's good. Uh <laughs> Like I said, the boss fights are a bit annoying. I wish there was a button that would let me just call all my Pikmin. It's also kind of slow, but I kind of like that. It's kind of, you know, one of those games you can just sit down for half an hour with because the day cycles are quite short. And you can just play, you can just do a little few things, then you turn it off. It's good. Hmm. That's really great. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to playing it one day. <laughs> you should. Yeah, when you get a Wii U. Uh, so what I've, what I've been playing then? I played Rayman 2. Oh, really? The other day. On what format, Tom? What, it comes what, on many. It comes on many. That's uh, that's true. Uh, PlayStation 1, playthrough of PS3. Okay. With smoothing on the graphics. Ooh. <laughs> um, but what a fantastic game. There's a reason why this game has appeared on nearly every format under the sun, and it hasn't really aged in all this time. Uh, it's a prime example of a 3D platformer done well, of the beautiful visual style, um, it made Rayman, I think, to me, a very likable character. I mean, bef- before, you know, I wasn't that familiar with Rayman. I, and I didn't, as a yeah. character, I didn't see his appeal. But actually having gone back and played the original Rayman, I can appreciate that's a, that's a good game. But Rayman 2 was really where I was like, wow, you know, these guys, they can develop a good game here. Ubisoft, Rayman 2, fantastic. Really enjoying playing it again. Yeah. Um and <laughs> this morning I played a bit more Sonic Adventure 2. The ongoing saga of me playing Sonic Adventure 2. How far are you into Sonic games now? Right. I've solely been the only Sonic game I'm playing has been Adventure 2 and uh I just completed the hero side of the story this morning. Okay. So I've got the dark side to go. And then the final level which includes it's everyone, yeah. Everyone. You've you've played it. Yeah, yeah, you know. I've played it on GameCube. Yeah. Um there's moments where I think, oh, bad game design. They're few and far between. There's a couple of little niggles in Sonic Adventure. There's a lot that annoys me in that last level. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that's irritating. 
if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> my memory serves me right. But uh, still, yeah, I like it. Cool. And that, and other than that, the only other game I played this week was Forza Horizon. Yeah, are you still enjoying it? Playing it online with Gareth. It was kind of annoying because we couldn't, Gareth invited me to his uh, club, driving club on it. Right. And we couldn't work out how I accept the invite. Um, so I sent him an invite and he couldn't accept that and I couldn't accept his invite and then we couldn't try it, try it again because it already it said we'd already sent send the an invite, invite. Yeah. Um, but we found we actually had to go into the Xbox menu and find a player profile and then accept it from there that's weird which was quite weird yeah. anyway we got in a driving club and uh, I really like uh, Forza Horizon did we get a little great. sticker for your car that said you're part of the driving club I, I wish yeah. But we called it Thursday night uh, driving because we always play on a Thursday that night. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's quite logical. Um, but it's cool. And I look forward to uh, playing more Forza Horizon. Me and my friend Gareth, we game on a Thursday night and uh, we usually play a driving game for a while. It had been Project Gotham yeah. 4, which is oh, fantastic. Um, prior to that, it had been Forza. Uh, I, I really like Horizon. Shakes it up. I've said this before, but it's nice to have a bit of a change from the regular Forza series for a while. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. You can race the plane. You can race a plane? You can race that's planes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's great. And that's that's been my week in gaming. Cool. It's been mine too. Um, I guess before we end it then, we should probably talk a little bit about um, Gamescom. Oh, yeah. Anything notable? Uh, the, well, the Xbox launch titles have been revealed for the Xbox One. Da, da, da. As well as them, Microsoft in a surprise turn of events coming out and saying that every Xbox One that ships with this uh, day one console with, you know, the the achievement and the controller that says day one, 2013, blah, 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 um, will now have a free copy of FIFA 2014. Yawn. Which, well, you know, it's some of the biggest selling games of all time, game, man. Know, you know, I know. it's. I think we'll move a few Xbox Ones in fact you will. get it free with it. But as someone pointed out uh, on our Twitter, you could buy a PlayStation 4 and FIFA and still have £30 left. But not a day one edition with the achievement. You can probably afford to take your PlayStation 4 controller to the market and have them print it on for you <laughs> for £30. Or get yourself a market pen and do it yourself. Yeah. The achievement, I guess, would be you not buying an Xbox One. <laughs> I kid, I've pre-ordered one. It's a safety pre-order, admittedly, but yeah, I'm, I'm not against the console. They've kind of... I'm still kind of bitter about all the things that they try to propose, but they did try and do it to change up the industry, but at the same time... They took it all away, so I there's too much flippy floppy going on. But eh, let them. If you want to buy an Xbox, buy an Xbox. I'm not against you. I'm not gonna be raging fanboy either way. I just want good games. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna slow off on buying games because yeah, it's cool having the latest thing like Wonderful 101. But I really want to sit down and enjoy it. I'm realizing my gaming time is becoming less and less, and I want to. Sit down and truly appreciate what I'm Otherwise doing. Otherwise, you'll be playing, having these games on your shelf, waiting to be played for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> and it, you know, we're running out of shelf space as well. 
So, anyways, I'm just loading up an article. Apparently, the PlayStation Four, the PlayStation, the PlayStation the Four, lads. I've also been announced. <laughs> why, know. I? Um, right then. Sony's launch titles are 23 games. That's uh, quite a lot. Yeah, um, and a total of 33 will be out by March 2014. They've also given the release date of the PlayStation Four, at least in the states, will be November 15th. But I believe it is the same in or a little bit later in the the UK and Europe. So I will have a bit I will have a bit of time to play on it before I go home for Christmas, which is nice. Launch titles are Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Blacklight Retribution, Call of Duty Ghosts, DC Universe Online, Drive Club, FIFA 2014, Just Dance 2014, Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, which I will be purchasing, Lego Marvel Superheroes, which I'll be purchasing on the Wii U, Madden NFL 25, Minecraft, which is a big get for a day one launch title for the console, in my opinion, it sold a lot on the Xbox, NBA 2K 2014, NBA Live 14, Need for Speed Rivals, The Playroom, Wrestlegun, Skylander Swap Force, Tiny Brains, Warframe, War Thunder, never heard of that, and Watch Dogs. Some of those I haven't heard of, so I'm kind of interested to check what they are, which is good. Um, and these are the games confirmed to land before March 2014. Basement Crawl, Contrast, Daylight, Doki Doki Universe, Infamous Second Son, hoorah, Mercenary Kings, Octodad, Dadliest Catch, which I can't wait for. <laughs> Oddworld, new and tasty. Yes, Oddworld is amongst one of my favourite games. Planetside Tool. Pol- Planetside Tool? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I started reading I started reading the next line. It said, uh, Pool Pool Nation FX. Oh, Primal Rage. Oh, no, it isn't. Damn it. I wanted it to be Primal Rage so much. Killer Instinct and Primal Rage no, competing it's, again. Primal Carnage Genesis. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's that thing. Yeah, I got. It's really got a big dinosaur in it. I got really excited. There's a Primal Rage title. No, I no, I've, I've seen the. Life's lost this. all meaning. Um, Raise the Dead, Super Mother Lord, The Crew, The Order, eighteen eighty six, The Pimpole Arcade, The Witness, The Pimpole, The Pinball. Oh, I think the Pimpole the Arcade. The Pimpole Arcade, <laughs> The Witness. Transistor and Wolverine. Oh, Wolfenstein. Why do I want to keep saying games? It's very late. You want a Wolverine game. I do want a... I want Wolverine, the New Order. I New Order, the Wolverine game. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Like a Marvel New Order crossover game. So it was like a sound game to comics. Yeah, the New Order and Marvel, I, I think they're the perfect company. Yeah. Speaking of terrible crossover ideas, uh, Tom came up with a, a bit of pure genius earlier, and we kind of want you to... Tweet at us and tell us things you can come up with on it. Um, it's the idea of uh, movie stars approaching their names. Transposed in... into games titles. Yeah, transposed into games titles. Um, Tom, would you start okay, with the beautiful so classic that started it all off? an example of what the kind of thing we'd love you to come up with. Um, Richard Gears of War. So you can imagine the cover right now. An army of Richard Gears... Maybe roided up a little bit. Yeah, going uh, to war against going the locusts. Going to war against the locusts. So, um, yeah, and Matt, you came up with one as um, well? Well, I, I did originally have, and admittedly, he's not an actor. A movie star, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I, I had uh, Michael Bayonetta. <laughs> a famous director. While walking home, I came up with the 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 slightly more clever um, Jack Black and Daxter. <laughs> 
<laughs> which made Tom giggle. So <laughs> I think of a back and decker uh, power tool. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we may hold a little contest if we get a load of entries. If not, we'll just mention it on the podcast. And if you're feeling very creative, we love to make the covers as well. Yeah. Okay. If we do run a contra, if we do run a contest on you on this. Uh, one entry if you tweeted us with a name of a movie star interjected into a game. And two, may, oh, actually, we'll give you three entries. We'll put your name in the hat three times if you mock up a Photoshop thing. Five if you do Richard Gears of War. Five what? Five entries to this contest. Five entries? We're going to put your name in the hat five times yeah. if you do Richard Gears of War. <laughs> I want to see you that much. Um, yeah, we don't know what we'll give away. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We've got a load of crap here. So this is kind of like an unofficial competition. It is an unofficial competition. So you if can a lot do it, but we might decide you're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. If if a lot of people enter, we'll make it a proper contest and we'll have a drawing and everything. If not, it'll just be a bit for fun. We'd, we'd love to see it either way. If know, not, we'll send you a Phoenix game, I'm sure. We'll mention got... in the podcast. Like we will... Um, can you... We actually had an, a message the other week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, I'm listening in Australia. Um, no, it's New Zealand. New Zealand. So, oops. Oh, God, Tom. <laughs> no, You've no. done the flight of the Concords faux pas. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, we have a guy called, I believe his name was the Propeller Head, and he said he's listening to us in New Zealand, which is cool. And we had a, also you. a few guys say uh, Michigan and other places in the US. Oh, really? We had a few so that's pretty doing. nice, yeah. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, guys, cheers for listening. Um, And then on to the Xbox One launch titles um which there are 23 which is i believe yeah same as the ps4 um so you have assassin's creed you have battlefield you have cod uh you have crimson dragon which i'm kind of get is a launch title because i kind of want the console now <laughs> uh which is the game that tom said last week i was like oh it's not a launch title but it is it's a new game from the panzer dragoon team looks very very nice uh dead rising 3 fifa tw- FIFA 14 uh, Fighter Within Forza Motorsport Fighter 5. Within? Is that a fighting game? I would assume so It's probably for Connect. Uh, yeah. Just Dance 2014 Killer Instinct Marvel Superheroes Loco Cycle Madden F NFL 25 NBA NBA Neva Speed Peggle 2 which is an Xbox exclusive uh, Power Star Golf Rise Son of Rome which Power is Stone Golf? Power <laughs> Star <laughs> Power Star. Oh, I thought I said Power, Power Stone. Stone um, Skylander Swap Force Watchdogs, Zoo Tycoon, Zumba Fitness World Party. Zumba then, Fitness World Party? Yeah. Wow. And then games uh, that'll hit before March 2014, which seems to be the date everyone's batting for. Connect Sports Rivals, Minecraft oh, Xbox rare. One Edition, Project Spark, which looks very interesting, The Crew, which I can't remember, Titanfall and Wolfenstein. Uh, yeah, so launch exclusives for both then are Blacklight, DC Universe, Drive Club, Killzone, Knack, Minecraft, The Playroom, Resogun, Tiny Brains, Warframe and War Thunder for the PS4. And for the Xbox One, then Crimson Dragon, Dead Rising, Fighter Within, Forza, Killer Instinct, Local Cycle, Pile 2, Power Star Golf, Rise, wow. Zoo Tycoon and Zumba Fitness World Party. You made Party. it all sound like one big game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I tried. No commas. No commas! No comment or no commas. Okay. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I think the Xbox One's probably got the stronger launch lineup of those. Yeah. But you never know. Maybe one will have a better version of Watch Dogs than the other. Maybe one will have a version of Assassin's Creed 4 that isn't as buggy as the Xbox One or the PS4 version. Yeah, it's all up in the air. Who cares? As long I'm as we get good games. Getting a Wii U. Yeah, I know you are. 
But yeah, uh, I think that pretty much brings us to the end, though, right? That wraps yes, it up I think nicely it pretty much in does. a bowl. In, in a nutshell. Yeah. Nice. Week in gaming. Mm. Do, 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 do. Yeah, um, so if you like the podcast, please check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. Tweet at us at TMA Cast. Remember to tweet the contest entries to us, and then we'll... I'll have a giggle. Have a giggle, yeah. What did you want to say, Tom? I you wanted to say, arms. don't forget to listen to the latest Blast Process show podcast. Yes, it is up. I did tweet it once or twice, but if you haven't listened to it, um, our mother podcast, the podcast in which this site, in which this podcast is hosted and was Tom's original podcast before this. Back got in him the into day. the world of podcasting. is up and live and we're on it. And it's got some great features. Uh, some... <laughs> Really, uh, would I think quite original segments? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Ben's box of shit is just the best <laughs> segment ever made. I will wholeheartedly stand by that segment. Please do give it a listen if you enjoy this podcast. I, I think you'll certainly get something out of it. Yeah, if you're looking for some other podcasts to listen to as well, um, also check out the Super Rad. They are our brothers stateside in podcasting. Feature Red Rock podcast is also very good, and also. Uh, Oh, damn it. Um, Retro Asylum, I believe the podcast is called, which is very good, which has our friend Ali Hogg, i.e. the Retro Hunter, on it now, which is very good. Yeah, give them a listen, uh, but more importantly, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, tweet us at TMA Cast, and like and subscribe on iTunes if you like us. Remember, you can tweet at us, you can let us know what you think about this yeah. podcast, review it, and then we will make changes if necessary. We had a bit tighter show this week, a bit more formatted and stuff, and hopefully we can continue that into the future, if I can pronounce his hey, words. shout out to Big Phil. Yeah, Big <laughs> Phil. We haven't mentioned him for um, a while. BSVX as well, because she's a very yeah. lovely lady who always retweets our stuff. There's loads of good listeners. There's the Spad, yeah, very, yeah. very nice chap, oh. writer for a magazine. Um... Oh, God, you put me on the spot now. There's Matty Mags. Sorry, um, I we mentioned what... Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, loads of good people. Hey, it's great yeah. that, that, that there's a lot there listening. Thank you, everyone. There is. Cheers, guys. Have we a great really week. And game on. Game on. Game on.